Brad and Glenda Pius. Thank you so much for sewing into Morning Drive Bible. Without your commitment and support, this initiative couldn't come to fruition. Good morning from Jerusalem. My name is Damon DeCrutman. And my name is Scott Kahn. And welcome to Morning Drive Bible. Now, David, I know you're a big movie buff. I like to study movies and to learn about them, but I don't actually watch so many movies. But I know that you're a big Quentin Tarantino fan. Is that correct? I like some of his movies. They're a little offensive on the language and some other stuff that happens in his movies, but he's one of the great directors. Because I think that what you're doing in your analysis of the Egel Hazaha, of the Golden Calf, is using a Tarantino specialty. You're looking at the last episode at a moment in time when Moses is praying for the people and then going back and looking at the story afterwards to see how we got here. Am I correct? That's correct, Scott. So I want to put that aside just for this episode, if you don't mind, and deal with something we talked about at the end of last episode. Given how strongly and how effectively you argued that the people were really not being bad. They were just falling back into old habits. And it all started with a reasonable request. They thought Moses was dead. We need a new leader. It was mistaken, but it wasn't crazy. And that turned into a form of idolatry or something like that. But it certainly wasn't any more than a people who'd been idolaters for hundreds of years, resuming that which they knew. They'd only been servants of God himself for a few months. So my question was, In that case, Moses' argument to God was so strong. Why are you angry? You argued that and proved that very well. So why was God angry? God says, let me be angry. Why was God actually angry? Fair question. Scott, I'm on pins and needles right now, anticipating your answer. So I want to offer an interesting idea based on Exodus chapter 32, verse 10. The last verse before Moses begins to intercede. Is this from the secret archives of the Jewish people? No, this is available in any Bible. This is not secret. The secret stuff I put in my drawer I don't talk about. (laughs) But this is actually available to anybody. God says to Moses, after telling him what the people have done, now leave me alone so that my anger can wax hot against them and I will destroy them and I will make you into a great nation. Our sages pinpoint that phrase, leave me alone. What does it mean, leave me alone? God wants to be left alone? And they say, that Moses initially, once God says the people have done a terrible thing, they're worthy of destruction, Moses didn't even know what to say. He didn't even have an answer. Only when God said, leave me alone, did Moses realize, hmm, if God is saying, leave me alone so that I can destroy them, he's saying that if I don't leave God alone, then he won't destroy them. In other words, God's request to Moses, leave me alone, was actually an indication that Moses had something he could do. Now, why would God say, leave me alone? Well, isn't no, no. Meaning, if God is saying, leave me alone, then I have to obey God and I should leave God alone. Moses understood it differently. And we learned a huge, tremendous lesson from this particular verse. Moses originally thought that when God says something, that's it. God says the people are deserving of destruction And it's over. There's nothing left to do. Because the idea that God would change his mind is something which simply wouldn't occur to anybody. When we think about the all-powerful God who always tells the truth, if he says these people are worthy of death, is there anything for Moses to say? And God is hinting to Moses. 
he says, there is something for you to do. By saying, leave me alone, God is teaching Moses a tremendous theological lesson, a tremendous lesson about God, which is that God actually will change his mind if you want him to. We have the power to change God's mind? We have the power to change God's mind. God is the God of truth. God is the absolute judge. But until this episode in Exodus 32, David, the idea of divine mercy does not appear explicitly anywhere in the Bible. We know that God is good. We know that God is a judge. We know that God is true. But the idea that God will decide differently than what he originally said does not appear anywhere. When Abraham prayed for Sodom and Gomorrah... Right, he did the 50, 45, 40, so on, so forth. But God hadn't told him, I will destroy it no matter what. God said, these people are really, really bad. And Abraham said, should the judge of the whole world not act justly? But he didn't ask God to change his mind. No one ever asked for God to change his mind until Exodus 32, when Moses speaks over here. And... Moses didn't even have the idea that God could change his mind. Who would ever think of such a thing? But Moses learned it by God hinting to him, I actually will change my mind. So when God was saying that he was angry, a legal loophole, a legal loophole, exactly. When God says, I'm angry and let me become angry so I can destroy them, he's really telling Moses, you can actually change my mind. That's why God was, so to speak, angry, because this is a lesson for Moses and after him everybody in the world, people who follow God's word, that if we pray, God is willing to actually change his mind. So he was saying, I'm angry, but I cannot be angry if you will do the right thing. And Moses made an argument and God accepted it. And the first time we see the concept of divine mercy appears in this chapter. In fact, the word mercy only appears once in the Bible before this in a totally different context, in the context of Jacob telling his sons, may the vizier of Egypt, Joseph, but he didn't know that, be merciful to you. But the idea that God could be merciful, change his mind, God didn't tell the truth originally, God is doing something differently from what he said, unbelievable. That's the lesson over here. God was angry in order to teach us that he won't be angry if we pray and do proper repentance. We should never allow God to be left alone. If we, Absolutely. If we see a crisis happening, we can change God's mind. I'm Scott Kahn. I'm David Nekrutman. Blessings from Jerusalem.